Number seven media production. Hey! Welcome to the Pot of Gold podcast series where we focus on people and businesses within the mining industry with the objective to extract nuggets of wisdom and practical business advice. I'm your host, Jacques Besson. If you're keen to listen to some more SME-focused podcast uh, series, check out Biz Crush. And if Afrikaans is your thing, check out Clipcoish, which focuses on Afrikaans SMEs. Zintle is a very dynamic lady that does not see challenges but opportunities. Even if it means navigating politics in a previously male-dominated environment, as a business solutions analyst with Krypton Mining, Zintle's daily challenges are to optimize production and increase efficiency in the mining industry. As a child living in Mandasane, Zintle became used to looking for solutions from an early age and at university decided that she wanted to pursue a career in business systems analysis. She eventually discovered mining and more specifically, Krypton Mining, who jumped at the opportunity to obtain and promote her talent. According to Zintle, Krypton's mission is to leave a mark of realizable value in mining. Zintle, welcome in the studio. It's very nice to have you here. Tell Thanks. us more about yourself. Tell us more about yourself. Where did you grow up? Just the journey from where it all started to where you're sitting here now. I grew up in East London, um, small, small coastal town that could really do with some developments because recently it's not looking like it was um, during our childhood years. But I mean, the, is, is, is London, uh, I mean, historically, obviously, it was, was Daimler, it was Mercedes-Benz that, that kept Daimler, it going. Is, is that... There was also, so just outside of East London were also like the smaller towns like King Williamstown, mm-hmm. Bishaw, which is the capital, is not far from, yes. um, from, from King Williamstown. Are there even robots in Bishop? I mean, just to show you the size of yeah. um, uh, the lay of the land. And then there was also like other towns. Um, one specific one was called Dimbaza. That's where they that's where they had a lot of factories, and that's where a lot of manufacturing happened. Really, and it was it mm. was it part of the supply chain of the car was, manufacturing? Not not, not necessarily the oh, car so manufacturing. There's uh, I think there's still another place that, that that makes materials and other things. I'm not too sure of everything that happened there, but that's like really outside of um, East London. So apart from the Daimler, there were other things that were meant to be happening or that were happening, but then all of those factories closed down. And did they move where, or did they? Well, they closed down. So it just and literally went under and, and, and under, all those jobs went with it. And Yeah, and then the jobs went with it. And I mean, I remember when I was very, very young, before I could understand what was even happening, we used to, so so, so my grand stayed about 60 k's outside of East London. Yeah. 60, 80 k's outside of East London. So we would drive to, to, to where she lived and we'd pass by Dimbaza and we'd watch, you know, all of the production that was happening there. I mean, there was a bit of life that was happening. And one of my aunts stayed in uh, Dimbaza. She had a, she had a shebeen there, a tavern there, yeah. which was popping because, I mean, there's locals, there's people working in the surrounding areas or yeah. in the area. And we'd drive. So every time we go to my grands, we go past my aunts, we'd stay. I mean, I'd even spend some holidays there. And then as I'm getting older, all of that started dying down. And as a result, her business died down as well. Sure. So, I mean, so again, you've seen you see this firsthand that we exactly. and we talked about this. The rip, I always call the ripple the effect that, that that impact on the supply chain. Precisely, precisely, and I mean it hasn't recovered ever since. Um, my aunt even passed away, so bless her soul. And uh, even way before that, um, she could never bring up the shebeen again. Really. So we've even had to almost like renovate the place so that it's. But the, the sad thing, what I. Remember the last time I was in his London. It's funny we're having this mm-hmm. conversation because my wife and I were talking about it over the weekend. Was when we drove past there on our honeymoon in 2003, and we oh. stopped over in his London because mm. there used to be O'Hagan's on the beach there. O'Hagan's, yeah, yeah. and you could sit outside, <laughs> literally on the you know, it's beautiful, be- beautiful, beautiful, yes. Yeah. And I remember when we drove in, the only thing that was spectacular was the new casino on the left. And to me, it's always such a, it's a sad thing. And I mean, I don't, Precisely. my, you know, people have different opinions, but I find it always tragic that in the yeah, poorest areas, you have this Precisely. fantastic. And it's like the one thing that's standing out of everything. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 
It had those issues that we didn't understand then. I mean, uh, but I think education-wise, um, I, I still say they they still have the best schools in the Eastern Cape. I mean, my son goes to school here in Johannesburg. Mm. Oh, fantastic. I mean, amazing uh, yeah. heritage. Uh, exactly. I think King Williamstown also, isn't it? Yep. You've got amazing schools down there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the One of the best rugby players or some of the best rugby players yes. come from Dell College. Which that's is, right, that's right. Which is King Williamstown. So, I mean, it's, so, so, so we were... We were fine after a point where we were like, okay, so now we have to move along. And so, so, so literally straight after matric, I remember um, one of my teachers thought, oh, you know, you've like done well. Here's a bursary at uh, Daimlin, which uh, is yeah, even yeah. like down the road and wouldn't have to incur costs on travel and everything else. I had to battle out that conversation with my parents and say, I am not staying. Really? So <laughs> they were very, were they that... They this were is like, home. Great. You don't have to be looking for um, money to fund your varsity. I mean, they said like these, they were supposed to be responsible for the day. Yes. They still saying, okay, great. Somebody's bought us some relief. Yeah, yeah. And I'm busy going, look, if that's the case, I'll go find my own relief, but I'm not staying. Wow. <laughs> so, so obviously, so, so this is London uh, at that stage became too small for you became way too small for me. And I mean, already in high school, even the time when we were still so. so Straight after, so at that time, I was still living in the in the township in Tanzania, second biggest to Soweto. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a it's it, it it's a fact that most people don't believe, but it really is. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. To Soweto. Yeah, it's about you know how they split up the township into zones. Mm. Yeah, so it's got about seventeen and others. Just so, like, okay. And a zone is quite big. I mean, yes. there's areas in a zone that you can't actually sometimes... Can't like a, like a, it's a, I would say it's a, it's a big town. It's a big town, mm. yes, yeah. It's a big town. So at that time, I was still living um, in in a Tanzania, which, and then I had to commute over taxi, and not just one place, because I lived on the other side of Tanzania. So I have to go from school, walk up, but the, the walk up to... The central place where you can get a taxi was a nice bit because we get to catch up and all of that. And then we have to jump into the first taxi. And then and so it was a lot of changing around into tax, taxis. I'm carrying a school bag with my books. I'm carrying a talk bag with my... Um, with my what sport was, clothes. Yeah, with my sport clothes because sports was compulsory. And then I'm carrying this huge instrument <laughs> that nobody actually understands. Thought it was a gun, maybe. <laughs> 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 Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in the school situation, it was fine because we had lockers, so you know everything is safe. Until now, I have to do the walk and do the jumping on and off taxis, which was um, but, quite but crazy. To, to, sorry to interrupt you. The, the These two things that jump out for me as your exposure to your aunt that was an entrepreneur mm. and then this challenge I mean if you look back at those days it's it do you feel this is where you, the start of resilience 100% uh, the foundations were laid because it's not Absolutely. easy no, you no, know no, it's, it's not, not easy. easy to get to school exactly right? exactly and even though I mean those things play in the subconscious then mm. because you're not I mean you don't you don't really feel like um, I should be getting picked up because that's normal, you know. Yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. You don't feel sorry for yourself in <laughs> exactly. that moment. Look back and you say, "How the hell did I do that?" But, Precisely. Uh, <laughs> but as you go, I mean, I mean, as you get older, you like, oh my gosh, is that what I actually survived? Is that what actually happened? Mm. And you start even then having questions because we didn't question parents then because I mean, you would have said, uh, but. But hang on, uh, what happened for you to close down? Was it the demand? And, and, and Because I can tell you now, the people didn't stop drinking. Mm. But the business still went down. Sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, so there's other underlyings mm. and there's other factors. And that's where you start learning. Powerful that. point you made. Mm. So, and again, I mean, that's where the resilience comes in. And also just knowing that it's not just this um, one set of view that we see. Mm-hmm. It's everything else that um, um, that has to support that business and everything else. I mean, not just the person who's going to come and buy one court for 10 rand. I mean, it's just beyond, it's way beyond that. Mm-hmm. So understanding all of the other things that make up that business model that will allow you to become sustainable. Dainlam, uh, uh, bursary, so now you're ready to rock and roll. Do you know what you want to study? So, But you know yes, you want to get out of town? I know I want to get out of town. So we had, um, It's it's now called... The Nelson Mandela University, NMMU, 
Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. The so so it used to be. As a B. Yes. 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 Yeah. We had the um, what do you call them? The advisors. The uh, yeah, they're the like department. recruiters of the. Yeah, uh, um, of, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So we were fortunate enough that the school arranged for them to come and uh, talk to us about certain um, options. Yes. Depending on. Um, what you were studying and all, or, or what your current subject choices were so that you can change them if they won't complement or you won't get acceptance for, for certain things. But I think I was quite a hothead because, I mean, I I didn't want to do accounting and I was just like the accounting. What was what was that ideal subject or, or so, direction at that stage? So, 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 I mean, I wanted to – so I did maths and um, – when I when I left the music, I had to go pick something else, and for me it was automatically I'm going to go do computer studies because I don't own a computer. I know I know how to because I mean we were quite computer literate, but I don't own it at home. But I want to understand now all of the other stuff. Ah, like, right. um, what is a motherboard? What makes up a motherboard? Where does a CPU? So it's more the hard the hard way that yes, you wanted exactly. to understand. Yeah, yeah because yeah. the computer room had all of those, and I was like, actually, I want to be in that class. No. <laughs> so that was, that, that was the idea. So I had quite a mix of subjects. And um, I remember I was, I was always going to the, um, the career counselor and then he kept on saying, oh, but you, you keep changing these things. And then I was like, but I'm allowed to change, you know, I'm still discovering mm. what it is that mm. I want to do. I know that I'm not continu continuing with music. So I'll take it from other people that are doing it and use it and create a happy place for myself. Yeah. But for now, I mean, that's not what I'm doing. Um, so I went to the history route and then I dropped that because the theory was just a bit much. So, I mean, and, and then for me, business economics um, was something that I definitely wanted to learn about. And that for me, combined with maths, I felt like I've done enough. And then I was like, then maybe that computer studies aspect will help me. Yes. Be able to push so that, that's so I mean you can't get stronger foundation than maths, business, and and yep. computers, right? Yep. That, so, so, so for me, that that lingering one did not really matter, mm. and everyone kept on saying, "No, um, you know, we're going to do accounting." And then for me, accounting was just like, "Oh, we have to be balancing ledgers." I know if I um, get a credit and then something happens, mm. then, it, then then there needs to be a debit. Then I must balance out. Okay, then what? <laughs> so it was a boring. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad there guys that find it and girls that find it exciting. But it's it's not it's not the two of us. One of my good friends is a CA, so yeah, <laughs> I love accounting. <laughs> Yay to accounting. So, um, so 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 then I saw a call. Um, was it a course? So, so, so the nice thing about the pamphlet was they had a list of courses, and then next to the course it would say what you could potentially do mm. after acquiring okay. all of those skills. And I thought that was interesting. That's good. That's good. So yeah, I stopped looking at the courses, and then I went to what could I be? Ah, <laughs> yeah, I but become? that makes sense. <laughs> that that yeah. makes absolute. As a matter of fact, that should start with what mm. do you want to be? What do you want to be? And this is what's required. Uh, precisely. Yeah. What's your end goal? And then mm. what do you need then to get to your end goal? So I went straight there, and there was something that said business analysis. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. This is something that I could perhaps tap into. Yeah. And actually, I decided right that moment that I want to be a business analyst. And that was just my my final. And then now, so, so then I started looking at what other universities are offering. Oh, and then I looked and then there was a course, uh, Financial Information Systems, that they were offering um, where you could get all of those skills that could lead you to becoming a business analyst. So with Financial Information Systems, it was a mixture of accounting <laughs> you always get accounting coming, creeping up somewhere. Yeah. A mixture of accounting, cost and management, accounting, computer um, auditing, internal auditing as well, um, and also components of um, IT. Not full IT modules, but certain components of it. Ones that would actually just give you um, a base, if anything. You don't have to be a coder. Or, or whatever the case is, but it's just as my friend says, you know enough to be dangerous. Hundred <laughs> percent, yeah, yeah. and I think um, I, I mean that's a, that's an interesting statement that you make because I always say this, to everyone, that you know, I, I for for me, I have to know enough about everything. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what that's what I focus most of my. But then you get a clear picture. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Precisely, because people can sell you good games out there. Mm. If you mm. know enough about any, everything, then at least you you'll have good context. You can smell. You can yeah, <laughs> if you smell what, what what's old and rotten. It is important <laughs> that you that you're able to. So, and then I saw that Cape Town was um, was offering this course. And with me rebelling against my my Damelin bursary, I was just like, you know what? I'm moving to that side of the coast. <laughs> so, and this is where I'm actually going to do this. And then it became a bit of a challenge because I didn't have accounting. But I, I set myself up to say, you know what? If it means that I'm going to go in and speak to the dean and get myself into the course, that's exactly what I what I did. So cut a long story short, I managed to do financial information systems without having done accounting in varsity. And I just got a spot a few days before the course started. So oh, yeah, yeah, you should at that like, stage, you, you yeah. should have gone into sales, right? <laughs> <laughs> so say, every, every person needs to find a salesperson. In yeah, I think you, you did it very early on. You did well. You did well. <laughs> I don't believe I'm a good salesperson. Though. I mean, I, I would beg to differ, but uh, <laughs> based on that story. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that was yo. It was uh, it was quite a hassle. At some point, I remember going there and saying, "Look, I have all my bags here. I come all the way from the Eastern Cape. I've got nowhere else to go, and I will stay in this um, in in this campus until such time as a spot becomes available." And they started offering me other things like then go into cost and management accounting because then this is going to give you good foundations for um, for for accounting. And then I kept on saying. But accounting is not where I precisely want to go. This is the direction that I want to go, and that's why. And they kept on trying to convince me that these courses are closely linked, and I just could not see how they how they were closely linked. So I asked for access to the library, and um, so you start you you, you, to, you can figure this out yourself. So get get the facts. This, yeah, let, let, let me just get the facts. So I, so so I got in there, and then I I went back and. You wait long. If you're gonna speak to the dean, you're gonna you're gonna wait. You have to beg. So, so I mean, we had a very very tough uh, conversation. By that time, um, he was even tired of uh, talking to me. But I'd made other good uh, met other good people and made other good friends. So they could actually vouch. One of them was a lecturer for the cost management that they wanted to get me into. So I said to this guy. I'm not going to get into your course. I mean, it's all great and whatever, but hear my point. So I managed to get him to switch so that by the time I get to, um, we get to actually have this signed off, he at least understands my viewpoint. So it mm. made the conversation a lot um, a lot easier. Yes, so I made yes. him an ally to, to yeah. this process. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I had to make commitments like, yes, I'm going to spend time to go and learn these other modules that I've missed. I've already seen that in the library there's this, this, and that. And I think that's what maybe got me in there. Ah, okay. <laughs> the fact that I took that initiative. Again, they're I just proactive. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I did say I was not going back to the Eastern Cape. <laughs> yes, no, but but you understood the consequences of not mm. making this happen, right? Uh, and it, was, it wasn't uh, fun. No, 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 definitely not. So business... Analysis. So that is. So that was the 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 foundation. That was the foundation, and that's what um, I eventually went into as my official official first. Job. So what so, I mean, what I, what industry did you tackle? Obviously, mining wasn't. Was, um, was way, I mean, that's not. That was way out of my path. It was way out of my thoughts. Never even became a consideration. Never even became something I thought about much. I mean, it. Yeah. We far from mining in the Eastern Cape in any case. <laughs> and I mean, Joburg was not even a thing that was in my mind. I was set on going to Cape Town and I'd move between Cape Town and East London. The first thing I did when I landed the, the course and I got a place to stay because I didn't want to stay with my brother who was insisting that I stay with him so that he can keep guard. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> so, yeah, I stayed with him just for a short bit until I managed to get myself into a residence. First thing that I started realizing was that, actually, I need quite a bit of stuff here. Hmm. I need uh, I need to now live. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, I didn't even have a, I mean, even as much as a desktop. So I was like, okay, this is what I have to hustle for. My mom just told me that she's 
running out of money. I mean, a teacher's salary can only take you that far because now I'm asking for this. I'm asking for new clothes so that yeah. I rock up on campus, you know, looking like I belong. <laughs> and I know that I was coming here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all of those, um, all of those things. And then I just started looking for a job and I got a job as a research analyst. And when I was doing that, so I mean, I had money to fund a whole lot of things and I started doing research on what I could do, where I could apply, etc. So by the time I was doing my third year, just before BTEC, um, I got some interviews to to do with like your, the first one was with Shell and then Deloitte came along. And then all of these opportunities were in Johannesburg. Ah. Um, but you know, Deloitte is a consulting management house and they also know how to package things. Mm. So I had a full couple of days at the waterfront. I mean, they came all the way to... Oh, and the other one was VW. <laughs> Strange that I... Wow, we were that. talking about your, your, your car earlier. Just now, exactly. <laughs> Minus the lights. <laughs> Minus the lights. <laughs> yeah, so... Strange how all of these things mm. come back and uh, link up. So... I mean, Deloitte sold quite an attractive program for me out of all of the companies that um, that I had seen. We spent a number of days with them where they can... So, I mean, their program is structured in such a way that it, it it's almost like a work readiness, but you actually at work. You, you're yes. getting the practical training there. And with all the jobs that I had done, I still did not feel confident enough that I could take on a full-on business analysis role because I had not been exposed to that. Mm. The research analysis I was doing was, you know, just the... Um, basics, um, playing around with who does what where and then passing that data forward so that um, some of the more senior guys can see what roadshows they can have with fund analysts and all of those um, all of those people. So when Deloitte came came along, again we spent enough time with them for me to understand what would my path be. Mm. And then um, I like the idea that you actually get to go to different clients. Um, so you'll have a client that says okay, um, we need this type of work to be done, etc. You'd be set up to be able to go and um, work under the Deloitte banner at that client. Mm. And in certain instances, the client might like you and then they might um, they might decide that they want to keep you. Okay. So, 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 so double, well, potential win. Double potential win. Yeah. And for me, I was always for, for those, you know, they, there must be, there's always something more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took that offer, and then I had to move to Johannesburg. Okay. Were you That's basically where, at, uh, well, they didn't have that beautiful building they were at, at, at that stage, were they with me? Okay. Mm, yeah, no, they weren't yet the, um, at Waterfall. They yeah. had water, I think, yeah, I think it's Waterfall now where they, mm. where they moved mm. to. Yeah, the one just by the highway. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> building. Yeah. yeah, really beautiful. But yeah, they were still at um, Woodlands at that time, so... I went and joined them. And then the interesting thing that happened in that program is that they assigned me to a company called SE Taxi. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that that's was. A, that's a special. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, yeah, that was absolutely special. And um, so when I went in, they actually went in as a junior business analyst. Time for a Did You Know insert. SA Taxi finances taxipreneurs who operate minibus taxis and may not otherwise have access to credit from traditional banks. Founded in 1996, SA Taxi is an independently owned commercial business that forms part of the transaction capital group of companies which listed on the JSE in June 2012. Of the estimated 250,000 taxis on our roads, SA Taxi finances 31,543 of them. Since SA Taxi is not a bank, funded by the amounts in customers' accounts, they have to source money to lend to clients from foreign and local direct investment, and to mitigate their risk, the interest rates charged are at a premium. I walk into so so, so SATX at the time was still based in Dunkeld, just on on Yansmuts. So I walked in there, very small IT department, no business analyst in sight. So I'm thinking, where who am I going to learn this business analysis from? So you were you were the department. And, I I came in and became a business analyst, mm. and I remember asking my managers to um, so that okay so. What was the previous BA doing before I came? So he looked at me and he smiled. He's like, you will define all of that. Wow. <laughs> so I literally had to almost define 
the scope of work that we'd be handling. Um, we just said, because most of the people that were there were, um, were all the ops guys, the okay. ones that were making sure that people had the equipment that they needed, yeah. the network lines were up. Everything else that had to do with the end user and applications and how they would service the clients and how they would manage things like insurance and all of those things, all of those were done by external vendors. So we didn't even have developers working in house. We just had an architect that would maybe just fetch the solution that the um, vendor is bringing in. But then I started learning, like I, I literally had to learn on the job. And then the nice thing is that I still had Deloitte where if I have um, challenges on how to approach certain situations, they were still more you had your, you had your, your soundboard. And and, mm. and what what's fantastic uh, starting up like that is, and again, we, we had this conversation earlier where it, it's not just how to do the job. It's the hard way that's required to do the job, exactly. the right software Precise. to do the job and all that. So you literally, it's like you started yeah. this department and from the ground up. Yeah, and I'm grateful for that because those are the things that, um, I mean, if I go to a big corporation, those are the things that I would miss because mm. a business analyst um, in the IT sense is somebody that must, um, will, will they see, it depends which company, they would say there's somebody that must, you know, um, be able to interpret the business. Yeah, so that's all you do. You Here's exactly. the data, you interpret. Mm. You do one specialized thing. You do one specialized thing. And there's actually more to that specialized things where here you're actually responsible for everything else up to the point where we now have to um, implement this thing and how and, and figure out how it's going to work, how it's going to run. What are we going to do with all of the data that we've collated? Where must it go? And most importantly, which part of the business is it going to actually improve? Mm. So then I start. So after that, so I mean, I had I started getting mentors from um, from even from the vendor side because now I was working closely um, closely with them, and eventually um, they offered me permanent um, permanent position <laughs> as, as anticipated as, as anticipated, and that's where then I fully kicked off that so, business analysis journey. So. I want to jump into get to mining, um, mm. but before we do, what what looking back at SA Taxi, what was an interesting case study where let's what what was the problem that was identified, and how did you solve it? If you can give us a quick you example, so... not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many. Let me let me think about a a good one. It should maybe have to be with the insurance because, you know, um, with the taxi drivers, and I think for me that, um, that that gave me another perspective that you don't only focus on what you know within the IT space as well. So with the taxi drivers, they take ownership of the of the vehicle mm-hmm. that we that is actually um, ours because we've paid. Of course, that's the... And we're going to have to put our equipment there to make sure that we can actually monitor it and check it so that we know where to go pick it up if we feel like. <laughs> <laughs> if it's time. <laughs> yeah, if it's time, we know exactly where to. But um, the entire process um, was not managed in terms of when we actually have to pick up that taxi and what happens to it afterwards. Wow. So so what we did at the time, and I was still very junior, so I mean, I couldn't work around like what actually happens because at times, um, SA Taxi had those branded vehicles. So if because I was in uh, I was a grad and I was still in Texas and I would use one of those vehicles and every time I drive to where they actually collect the taxes into, I mean I was at risk of one of the taxi owners thinking that maybe I'm coming to repossess. Ah, but luckily, yeah, because <laughs> sure. they don't know. Yeah, that's not there. a fun. Yeah, there was yeah they they even stopped branding um stopped branding those vehicles and I remember on one so. so so, I mean, the plant where they took them to was quite far. It was closer to the um, CBD area. And there, everything was, okay, it was pretty, so I wanted to go check how, um, what is actually in place to make sure that we now have a record of this tax that's collected because at head office, we know that there are taxes being um, collected and these are now our assets. What then do we do with these assets? So then it became a business case to say we need to now um, be able to see a full flow of what happens at the point where, well, a full end-to-end flow, the life yes, cycle. pick of, up and... Yeah, even from the life cycle of when this guy starts disconnecting their uh, device mm. or how do we ensure that that device does not uh, get taken out, etc. But then the big thing was then in ensuring that the guys that are doing the pickups, we're able to track them. Okay. So that we know if 
there is an issue and we can call for the help that needs to be called. And then at the point where they bring, um, so, so they needed to um, check in and, uh, you know, take pictures of the condition and everything else. And when they did that, the guys that are waiting on the warehouse I need not be surprised of what's coming. So they already know the vehicles that will be checked in. Um, um, that will be checked in, and depending on what the information that gets sent through to them, they know which area that they must send them to. It makes the process a lot easier if they if they need to fix the taxi or refurbish it, or put it in a, in a place where they're still going to negotiate with the owner in terms of what must happen from here on. We had to define that entire process, which never existed. Wow! It was, yeah, it was a challenge. Sure. Because even when you get the, you know, you have to. You know, rankings, when people come from head office and they're coming to um, the place where now production is happening and all of that, those guys don't want to be disturbed by all these stupid questions that you're coming to ask them. They don't really understand why you're even asking them because they're working as they should, Mm. according to them. They don't see anything wrong. Yet everything was so inefficient. Wow. Because you're like, okay, but then, and, and as you started asking them the questions, that's where you started unveiling that. You know what? I mean, even the taxi could go missing even here, or even a part could even go missing here. So being able to track at each uh, phase from the check-in to the next stage that it's going to and to the area mm. was one of the biggest things that, wow. that we had to do internally. I know, but it's crazy that it's, it wasn't in place. I mean, how, how do you run it? I mean, that's people were, nuts. were writing things and, you know, you'll send them to your phone and somebody else's phone and then transfer it onto somebody's um, laptop and then we'd have to work from there and then somebody has to remember that no, this one always goes to this person and then she's going to sort out that admin on that side. But, you know, once once it's gone to that person, I almost have no view. Mm. And if it's if it actually even went past that person to to to, to stage number four, yeah. and this might be something that might take about ten stages to go through, and in each stage there's a couple of steps that you have to follow in order to um, in order to get something right. So yes. that was an that was a massive and a very interesting one for me. Apart from the fact that I had to go wreck a server, which was outside of my job scope. <laughs> another 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 learning. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's jump. Into mining. So, so tell us mm. how you got involved. What do you do? And let's talk opportunities, challenges, etc. Mm. Sure. Yeah. So mining, like I said, was never anything that I really. It was never my original path. And apart from it not being on my original path, it was never something that I thought to myself. Like, like with most of the things that I've done, I've always said that I'm going to. I know I'm going to do, and then yes. I go out and. But mining, I take it, mining was just the, the misconception. This is macho, tough this territory. You tough go, ter- you need to get a shovel and, and a. Precisely, and also a headlamp. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. You know, you have to um, you have to go down to the literal meaning of going down and and, and getting your hands and everything uh, else. And not just the hands, but everything else. Everything else. else. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but then. So, so, I mean, I've worked in so many, consulting allowed me to work in a number of different places, um, working on a number of different projects, but primarily most of those were in the financial services sector. So you have same concepts um, around financial services, you know, we do information technology, you know, we collect data and this is what we do, et cetera. We create systems that a user can consume and then we start seeing how we can commercialize them and all of that. So when it came to mining, my uh, my spouse on the other side initially did land surveying and then went on to mine surveying. And was he a surveyor? He's a surveyor, surveyor by profession. Well, my dad was part a surveyor. It. Really? Yeah. Part of the, what's that? G-I-S? Yeah, geological, but they... Yeah, there's some... I don't. Know, I just. I just forgot what it's called. Yeah. So his dad was a. His dad was a surveyor, and that's how he became. No, yeah, my my dad. They they when they built Katsi Dam, I mean, they were the first. Um, I guess profession that that mm. used GPS systems, right? Yeah. Before exactly. it became uh, in our cars, right? We put in our cars every day. Every, but I exactly. remember this was very specialist uh, thing. You know, in mm. the middle of Lesotho at midnight, trying to find the satellite so that. Uh, these 200 meter drills can 
yeah, navigate through the mountain, you know. Precisely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so 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 he had that um, interesting job, but then starting out as a land surveyor because his dad um, felt that his time now in this field was up and he was running his own um, practice. So, And he felt that he just did not want to leave it aside as yet. So then um, so, so, so then he decided that, you know what, I've, I've been working with you in any case because he took a gap here and then he started working with his dad. He wanted to travel initially, but then he started working with his dad. And um, when he did all of so his dad moved to the farms and then he was like almost... Um, stuck with the business but you know how people are as well he never really let go mm. and then he wanted to move on because he started feeling like he wanted to do other things so his first move was let me come closer to this side and just see what is happening and that's when he went into mine surveying and I found that interesting so he used to go to a site in um, in Wittbank mm. in Malathlin and so, so I was like okay don't, maybe one of these weekends I'm just going to come by and just check how things are, etc. And I mean, obviously nothing was attractive about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it it's, it's difficult in Vetbank. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, even, even getting there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even getting, even on your way, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So it's, so it's everything I imagined, like, oh my gosh, okay, this is, um, this is actually mining. Um, but then I started coming across, um, I started coming across all of the things that were happening in mining, like um, mining is now doing this, and then mining was starting to transition into becoming more digital. And then I thought, this is actually an interesting space. So at that time, he was exploring other things and going into um, other products within mining. So he left mine surveying. So, you know, there's always all of these opportunities. But that, that was that was you took your first step because of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he brought that exposure mm -hmm. um, to, um, to mining. And then we kept having conversations because I wanted to hear from him. Like, what do you think about um, uh, digitalization in mining? Because it mm -hmm. seems like it's what everyone is talking about in that um, in the in that area. Then we started having that conversation and then I was like, but hang on, I think I could, you know, add value in that space. You know, I think I could maybe play in that space and 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 then I started thinking about oh no now going into mining, you know, very male dominated because now I have to work with um, miners because even where he worked as well, sometimes if they if they don't meet a target, he would like tell me about the difficult conversations that have to happen because he has to ask the guys to come back and do the work, you know. And you know, it's it's it, it's all men, and you know, men have their egos and mm. and all of that. And then I was like, but hang on, would I now have to deal with that because I have to understand? Because over the years when I was working, I've had to I've had to understand the importance of understanding the um, the domain in which mm. you operate. That's the only way you can implement a solution. Because um, as IT, you all you are is a support function. If there's no business, there's nothing that you're supporting. Mm. We can exist as, um, as our own, but then that's a different that's a different conversation. You still have to go sell yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. So. So I went into so 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 I started looking um, looking up all of this, and I mean I'm not big on LinkedIn, um, but then I, I went into LinkedIn, and then he says to me, you know, so so I mean we both not social media bunnies and all of that, mm -hmm. so he's like, you know, use this tool and see who you can who you can connect with, mm. and start having conversations. And I was like, hmm, okay, interesting. But I went, so as I went in the boom, Krypton Mining was there. Mm. And I was like, okay, Krypton Mining. At first I was like, hmm, Krypton, what's with the name? Because <laughs> now I don't know if I should think mining or... Yeah, then yeah, yeah. End, <laughs> which was great. So I was like, okay, so... And then I started reading up about um, what they're doing, etc. You know, typically somebody would go and look up your Anglo and all of that. Mm. But you, when you're wanting to come in, you have to find the players that are open mm. um, enough to actually say, perhaps, you know, we could introduce you to um, to something like this. And um, so I sent so I sent a message. So or tried to um, to, um, to engage. Yes. Yeah. So I tried to engage, and as you'd have it, you know how it is with the engagements on on the online platforms. I engaged, and then um, no response. But I thought, okay, great. There, there's contact details there. Mm. In any case, and then I remember 
calling I, I think I called Ansel first <laughs> and then Ansel's like I don't deal in those things but I can get you in touch because I thought okay Ansel sounds like a lady so yeah, maybe so, I can speak yeah, you know, yeah. woman to woman and just say you know I can see what you're doing etc etc well it's good that the woman but, answered in a mining company right so I that's, know, a, that's a good start me, it gave me so much comfort ah. so, and then I, but then at the end of that conversation I had an email address um, of one of the of, of, of one of the guys at Krypton mm. And I remember, almost like just like you're writing a love letter. I remember writing, <laughs> <laughs> writing an email to him. Um, basically, it, it was an introduction, introduction um, email to who I was, um, what I've seen at Krypton, what my position is, and how I think that we could like come together and. Wow. You know, I mean, it was, that's impressive. It was very, yeah, I still have the email. No, always, that's very impressive. I, 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 I always keep it so I can show hi. <laughs> just them every look, now I just said, look where it started. <laughs> it was my started. email. <laughs> exactly. And uh. <laughs> I didn't get an immediate, um, I didn't get an immediate response then. But I thought it's fine. I mean, this is where um, follow-ups come in, yeah. etc. Sales, but, yeah, sales. <laughs> and, I, and you know, I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so grateful to my spouse as well because he kept pushing me. He's like, you know, this is how you, this is how you must be if you wanna, you know, um, if 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 you wanna stand out from the rest, mm-hmm. if you want to really show who Zintle is and what she is actually after and what value she brings, and that's exactly what I started, um, what I started doing. And then, so in my, so I knew in one of my follow ups it would have to be a call. And within that call, that's where I actually got to understand what the company is about. Because it wasn't a call to like say, "Hey, you guys must get back to me. Give me a job." Mm, <laughs> you no, know, no. it was like wanting to understand. Okay, I just want to understand more about what what you do and tell you more about what I do. And you can tell me if you. So so this is what. Yeah, what, so what let's explore this do. potential fit or not. Yes, and you know the the. The response was very welcoming. We we had that uh, initial conversation, and we got to talk about all of the clients that they're serving in the mining industry. It was very interesting and very scary at the same time. And now I'm dealing with the men of the, in- yeah, in- yeah, in yeah. the industry, you know. And then, um, so the guy said, "I'm gonna introduce you to one of the directors that you're gonna meet, and then you're gonna go to a client, and you when you meet the client." Um, then the client is going to, you know, see if you're a fit for some of the projects that you have, I mean, that they have, etc. And then we can, let's see, let's see how it goes from there. It sounds like a Deloitte's model all over again. All over again. It's yeah. like coming back again. Yeah. So I was, so, so for me, I was like, I'm ready to, you know, to, to go consulting again because now I have to start from a base because I know nothing about mining you know mm. I just know the little that I grasp from the different things and I mean from the exposure that I got from my spouse as well it's just this component mm-hmm. it, yeah uh, it's one aspect it's one aspect that also is has is is real in the word sense but I've, it's, it's not been made real in my mind yeah, at yeah, that time yeah. um, so it's like I'm you know I'm, I'm open to, to, to seeing the client etc um Went had a conversation with the client. It was just just really um, just really a great experience, mm-hmm. even at that time. Um, and in the room was only one lady, <laughs> one lady, and you know, yeah, appreciated to this day. So there was um, one lady, Toriso, and um, there with the rest of the the guys from the client, and we had good conversations um, and at the end of it all they came back to Krypton and they're like whoa okay we seem to like her etc etc let's um, rock and roll yeah let's rock and roll but I mean I wasn't at that time when we had that conversation I, I think I needed to ask all of the right questions that will put me in a position to decide whether this is something I'm going to do or something I'm not going to do and after I left, I mean, after the, even after the good conversations, I was really not sure. Really? So it's like you didn't like like all the answers? I didn't like all the answers. And they were, I mean, they were real. They, mm. they, they told me the truth. You know, I'd have to travel out. I'd have to be on site and all of that. Because, and I mean, that, all of that made sense. I'm not going to go sit in an air-conditioned office. No, you're not going to learn mining. I'm not going to learn, yes, you're not going to learn in the mining in between four walls mm. when the mining happens actually um, on site and yes. all of that. So, and then I, I, I think the because, I mean, it's not something that I was used to, I started 
trying to figure out, do I really want to disrupt my child's life that's already started this side? And do I really want that discomfort of going all the way to Mpumalanga and all of these other remote areas? Mm. And the other discomfort then of, you know, having to find the right PPE and gear and equipment that I'd have to, you know, mm. um, be comfortable in to have the conversation that will show me the work um, that needs to be done and how we can add value back to the client, etc. So I came back to Krypton and I said, ah, I'm not too sure about this. But you know what? I, I, I appreciate you guys so much that you've shown me what's in there. And then Krypton said, oh, really? Let's have a, let's have a conversation. Um and I'm like, okay. Well, we'll obviously, they, if they see talent, <laughs> they see talent, they, they're not going to let it go, right? <laughs> like, we're really going to have another conversation. Yeah. And then one of the directors calls and says, um, would these times work? I'm like, why is an entire director calling me <laughs> to have a conversation? So, I mean, that was, um, yeah. That, that was, was obviously very positive. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, I mean, I liked how, um, how open they were. Yes. So... Um, so we met and um, I thought we were just going to have a conversation. He had slides. He pulled, he pulled his Zintlay on you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Like, I met the male version yeah. of myself. <laughs> sure, we had, yeah, I mean, very, very eye-opening stuff. Yeah. We went through everything. And again, I went in with the questions and all of that. And, I mean, it was... Um, it was quite impressive, especially in terms of how, I mean, that session almost felt like a knowledge transfer session mm-hmm. of some sort, you know, um, especially around the work, because I'm most comfortable if I know the work. Yes. Um, never mind everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that conversation, he said to me, there's a lady I'm going to introduce you to. I'm like, my goodness, this is this is very different to everything I've experienced. You know, you apply for a job, you get an interview. Yes. You, you know, you have HR doing this and and but this. It's normally you amazing. fighting to get the job, yeah. but not, not the other way around. And and. Yeah. But it was like we've known each other forever, and we're having this conversation mm. about what is actually possible, and can we actually partner together you know it was that yes partner together love it love it it was coming together i I mean i had that energy uh, i felt that energy um going and we were gelling so there was really positive synergy um in the room and then i was introduced to hulisani and then i was like Girl, we need to meet face to face. I want to see you. I want to yeah. see your expression when I tell you all of these things that I'm actually worried about. And then she's like, I can almost imagine um, all of them. But shoot, anytime, let's let's WhatsApp, let's call, let's everything. And, you know, she was, her, I mean, we, yeah, also the synergy there was just... Um, was just amazing and you know we because um she also she also has a very young daughter mm. um so again was, you understand one another's worlds we, exactly exactly so now it's not it's, it's not all the men in the organization mm. that are showing me what's out there and we're trying to work together to see and and, and understand now i've got somebody that is actually relatable mm, mm. which is what i like the most uh, here, here's somebody very relatable. I mean, we're speaking on the same wavelengths. We, I mean, if this is a challenge, it's a challenge. It's all about how do we then, you know, um, overcome it? What yes. can we do to, to, to get around it and still make this work? Yeah, yeah. And I could see the opportunities. I mean, I saw, I saw them from the presentation stage. I saw them from when I had the conversation with her. And then I think then, by then, things were so um, amplified. And so now you knew how to execute the job, how to do the job, how which was and where everything fits in, where everything fits in, where everything, and then from that as well, I could also see where my life fits in, mm. which is one of the things that I was um, that I was worried about because, I mean, I don't believe in that schizo. Yeah, yeah, you put you one thing here. And you, yeah. yeah, I mean, we were just talking. I was talking about that with another colleague of mine. You know, this whole um, work-life balance and how. There's that, that might that term might actually be changed to work-life blend because really work-life balance. You're trying to tell me that I must have 
life here at work and another one. Yeah, you have to be home. two different people. You have to be two mm. different mm. people. So that's, that's a, I love I like that blend. Yeah. Mm. Very so good. how do you? Yes, and I mean my conversation with 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 Hulisani was really on how do we blend everything mm. and still bring value back to Acryption and to yourselves as well. So mm. I mean. I'm sure you've Krypton's um, not far from you here. I'm sure you can see the mm. the family the, the family connection and how we drive towards yes. the same objective. And that's because we 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 understand the blend that needs to um, um, that needs to happen in order for us to be successful humans, professionals, and also be successful for the client and the in the organization. Sure, love it. So yeah, so that's how that that's how I um, got in after. Lots of conversations, lots of convincings, and I mean we we joke about it so much now. But um, all of that, I think, has also propelled my success in it because I didn't go. I, I, I mean, I went in knowing exactly where some of the bottlenecks might be, mm. anticipating some. But of that's them. also because of their honesty. I think that is that that's 100%. that's unique to say this is mm. not how perfect we are and yeah. that's why we need you and also your smart prepared questions from your side. Yeah. Yeah, no definitely. And you know and it's gotten better because the way now we also um represent ourselves and the brand because we also brands on our own as well and we also the the Krypton brand that becomes different, you know. We there's a certain value that we want to bring to a a client mm. that is different to just somebody that's coming in and just doing a service and then leaving. Mm. You know, we want to leave a mark that makes sure that there's realizable value mm. that can be tracked on on all sides. Yeah, yeah. So win, for me, win, 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 win. And for me, that was uh, never a question from the onset. Mm. That you know, we've got all of these challenges. But that, for me, that was okay. Great, we have opportunities. For sure, I mean <laughs> that's that's, what it means. that's exactly what it that's means. That's what it yeah. is, and I think that's where that honesty got mm. you. You know, when you're able to, when you're that open and you are that honest, that's where we don't start seeing challenges anymore, and we start seeing the opportunities. So for one one challenge, we'll just double up on the opportunity and just make sure that that win win situation sticks. Yes. And that we can also be a sustainable business. So that was um, that was that journey, and I am still in mining today. <laughs> I love that story. So so let's talk about coming back to SA Taxi, a case study. So I love case studies, right? <laughs> I believe that's where I believe that's yeah. where you can you can you can teach a five year old if you, you it's a story. A case study mm. is a story, right? <laughs> So, 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 give us, a, tell us a story, Krypton today. What those those challenges uh, and the opportunities? Is there something that jumps out? Is okay, you know, this was this or well, this is a challenge mm-hmm. ongoing in the industry, and this is how, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, yeah. the magic we bring, the software we bring. Mm. Tell us so, a story. <laughs> so. Before, so, so, so I mean, obviously, um, we here have a certain idea, and by the time I get to the client, the client has a has has their own ideas. So I remember when I had a conversation with Horisani before I started. So we're talking about, you know, how my because I mean, shame she automatically became my mentor. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, holy, like, what am I? Um, you know, how do I position myself there? And, you know, she gave me all of these great tips, you know, it's it's easier to... So, I mean, the value chain of mining is, 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 is the MRM. Time for a Did You Know insert. Mineral resource management is a business concept developed to increase throughput and productivity by focusing on process alignment. It distinguishes information systems quality control, services, and best practices, while it also integrates strategic planning and management implementation. In its broadest sense, MRM involves the translation of an ore body from a resource to an asset and then managing it as an asset. That asset attains a certain fiscal value governed by legal structures and undergoes depreciation. The value hinges on the integration of solid technical and management skills with a business plan of objectives. The, the coal handling and processing plant, the logistics, uh, and then, then then the marketings and all of those engineering and all of those others. So within that value chain, the um, the 
the, the core within the mining, between MRM mining, plant and logistics. So she was like, maybe start here in the MRM and mining space because then it's it, it's going to have concepts that are easy to, to grasp and you will immediately there see what solutions <clears throat> could be implemented in place. And, and, and so great, I'm excited, you know, and now I'm well researched and I get to the mine and... I meet the people at the at the specific BU that I'm assigned to, and they have a different idea. And they're like, essentially, our plant has problems. I'm like, the plant? Yeah, the plant has has issues. We need to be able to we need to be able to optimize our equipment so that our plant runtime or the production reliability is improved, and all of those things because that's going to contribute to our rent per ton. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that was that became This is not business one oh one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean I became immediately overwhelmed. I remember telling her and then she's like, Oh my goodness, plant is so complicated. even she was like, Plant is so complicated, I'm just like, you know what, it's fine. I'm here now. I'm just gonna have to um I'm just gonna have to make it work. Yeah. And the street and, and I mean, yeah, plant is um there's a lot of things in the in the plant area as well. I mean, there's a lot of there's certain there's certain things that the people that um, that work in those processing plants understand. Yeah. On the engineering side, the 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 metallurgy side, all of those. So now, when I walked in there, there was a project that was running for for condition monitoring of one of or, or, or for certain uh, plant equipment. That time I don't know anything about. So this this is uh, Internet of Things. Internet of Things, Internet of Things, and uh, I mean that's now, and also this is now no longer IT. It's now operational. It's no longer information technology. It's now operational technology, mm. which I had not been exposed to, and for me that's now the heart of things within um, within mining. So now we have now this condition monitoring that has to be done on these critical equipment because you can't have downtime on mm. these for a certain for, for a certain amount, and you know you you also now are under pressure because you understand what it means because now you've asked the why, mm. and now you've come to understand that if this equipment fails, the plant stops. We can't produce coal. We can't send out anything to the client. Business does not yeah. realize. So I mean, you understand now if, if everything that that must happen and what it means for you to work with the team and actually um, establish a successful. Project. I just want to say, success is now defined. Success is now defined. Then I have to now. So then the project had started, and then it was almost given to me. There was nobody working on it. Um, from I think I were probably from, scared. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was the first, it, it was the first condition monitoring uh, project for the BU. Because I because because I'm in um, I'm in Belfast, which was, I mean, it had not been in operation for long when I when I had started. So then it became important for them to start implementing all of these um, initiatives. One of them being condition monitoring, which is still a big focus right now. So the there was an architect on the project, um, old guy wealth of experience in the in the mining industry understands industrial engineering understands operational technology and how all of these components fit together and all of that so now i'm coming in and i have to work with uh, because we're all part of like the same im department so he's used to just he he's told himself that it's fine i'm gonna do this if there's nobody he just gets on with it just gets on with it. So he does, he's, he's not he's the not, team players. Is, is he just is, gets is, on with it? He just makes. He just tells the vendors what to do, and the vendors must just get in there and make sure that they do it. Um, the engineering team that must be accountable for 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 all of these units that must be installed, and actually the optimization of the plant itself. They must just you, you know he's very overpowering. It was mm. very. It was an overpowering guy, and that BU was a BU with young people at the time but good but good engineering um guys as well and obviously what what we spoke about earlier you know there's one thing having the data there's another interpreting mm. the data so while they have all of those people as well you, they, they, they didn't have the skills that could actually interpret all of the data that Got was actually generated by all of these now i'm coming in and asking all of these questions because i really see a gap yes you know we're you're not have, you're not being a wise ass 
You yeah. just you 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 want to create this picture. I'm, I'm trying to create this picture. So I mean, it's week one. I've just been doing a project. You know, this is not like um, when you when you start a new school and you're going to get orientation week and you're going <laughs> to walk around and, you know, like my PPE was already yeah. set and ready for motion on day one. Now it's week one and I have to hit the ground running. Mm. First meeting, um, Sky's in the meeting with a whole lot of the other engineering guys and the guys from the vendor side and some of the people from the plant. And I have to, now the BU saying that you have to make sure that I am delivers this project for... Um, for the BU and that we can track and we can get the results and we can monitor and we can raise alerts. All of these wonderful mm, things mm. Um, must happen. And then I start asking the questions, oh, and did I not just hit a nerve? You know, because and, and I mean, I needed that information. So yes. for me, that was the one challenge. You know, um, I could acknowledge that I, I understand that these people that have been there way before us, but his thing was, you know, we've... We've been doing this and 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 it started becoming um, defensive, defensive, etc. And I had to, you know, step back a, a bit and breathe and say, okay, great. I'm glad that you've done all of that and everything else, um, you know, is now being done according to experience. But can you then say after the session that you would take me to all of the areas in this BU where we've implemented this? Yeah, go show me now. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, I became quite annoying, it seems, because, <laughs> I mean, that's not something that, um, that's that. But only pr- yeah, prove to me that you've, <laughs> and I'm not, that you've done it. <laughs> and uh, and for me, it was like, no, this is, I mean, we, we have to, I, I'm being tasked to work on this and I'm here to, to work with you guys. So I'm not here to work against anything that's been done, but I've got checks as well that I'd like to understand if they've been done. You can tell me if they're not important. I will still ask you yes. questions if I feel that they, these are areas of importance. And to his other defense was, we've got guys in the room here that have studied that have spent years in engineering, etc., etc. It's like and, uh, what my friends I remember say: uh, three, three times ten years experience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Not thirty. Stop learning thing. after ten years. Exactly. Uh, you know, things just happen yeah. in your subconscious, and you and you think you're still applying them the same. Then I was like, uh, uh, "Great, that that is fantastic," and I'm glad that these guys that have actually you know walked this path because it means that I can I'm going to learn everything from you from, from everyone in this room, and really I'm. So, I mean, I started calming down so that he could calm down and I had to learn how to give him his place that he wants so that we don't, um, I mean, we, we started off on a very, on, on the wrong note completely. But then it was a case of, you know, what, I, 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 I get it. You, you come with the years of experience and, you know, I can appreciate that. So it's fine. Teach me your ways. Yeah. So this is but, again a lesson the importance of stakeholder management and again something we, we, we touched on earlier mm. this is where it starts precisely so I said okay in, so so with everything that you've done where can I help you mm. and then obviously he's going to come and become uh, well no initially I mean he so was not that's obviously threatened yeah, 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 yeah he's not liking any of these questions because he couldn't say no this has already been done and, and, and so I'm like okay so can we agree that this project then is covered can I go back to the BU manager at the BU and say that according to um, the feedback from architecture, etc., all of this is signed, sealed, and delivered, and we have adoption <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. Yes yeah. or no, buddy? <laughs> so, 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 so then, I mean, I, I think at the end of it all, because I mean, this is a meeting that was set up on my behalf for me to actually be able to to meet everyone so it so 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 for me that was like the biggest challenge literally everybody in the room was almost quiet yeah and i, I think i learned at that stage that you know we when you work in, in um in corporates there's always this um this hierarchy that you must that you must follow there's rankings and whatnot and um these people that sit here at the top and but within that space, you know, you have to know where where ranking is important and where it isn't, because there's um, there's the foreman's 
that are working mm-hmm. within these plant areas that know these plant areas in and out. And there's artisans that are there as well. And you have to respect those um, people and respect the fact that they know those areas. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that you can learn from them. So I started right there at the bottom just to understand where is all of this equipment that needs to be monitored, et cetera, et cetera. So I started forming those relationships and talking to the engineers to say, look, so when I went down to them, I was like, look, Ben, um, I know nothing about a shoot, as an example, or a conveyor belt and how it's supposed but, to. But you, uh, a lot of respect for the fact that you can put your hand up and say, I don't know. I mean, that's a skill in itself. But precisely, you know, I mean, you're... Your degrees and your years of experience, sometimes you have to leave at the door because, mm. like you say, you know, you stop learning after 10 years. <laughs> that learning stops somewhere. Mm. So, and I mean, I'm, I, I'm going into a completely new industry where there might be certain dynamics at play, um, both political and, and otherwise. So navigating those, then immediately from that meeting, I understood that I have to learn how to navigate the politics. Mm-hmm. Um particularly around the men mm. in our space um, because they tend to become a certain way. Um, and, and, and mining is a macho environment. So it's not like uh, if, if uh, as any man walks into that yeah. environment, he's going to experience macho-ness, right, it, from exactly. another industry. So, And I think even obviously mm. even more challenging for a, for a lady Exactly. But it's, uh, mining is, is rough and tough, right? Mm, so. mm, it's rough and tough. And, you know, when you – also when you, um, when you, when you want them to, 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 to assist, they almost want to give you, like, high-level, mm. high-level view because they've now decided what's enough for you to know mm. as a lady coming in here. No, and sometimes it'll be like, oh, no, we don't have to go all the way to that side. I'll, I'll just tell you about it. I'm like, no, we're going in. Zantle, this has been fantastic talking to you. Um, inspiring, and and I love, I love your, I love your approach to to business and life. Mm. I think it's invaluable. I think every more people should be more like that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would make it a better world, wouldn't uh, it? <laughs> sure. But good luck with the last stretch of the year. I hope it's. Um, I think it's challenging. It's challenging times, good times. Um, but uh, hope the well, Red Bull is is the answer. <laughs> Red Bull or sparkling water, we're so fortunate. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast or this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends, family, and colleagues. And check out our Facebook page at Pot of Gold for what we're up to.